Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz. And before we get started off, just wanted to remind everybody, don't forget to rate the podcast. Uh, <clears throat> rate the podcast, whatever it is that you think. I always try my best to be able to give you things that can help you in your everyday life. Um, but more than anything, don't forget to share the podcast. You know, somebody just told me, they're like, your podcast is like plutonium. It's hard. Nobody wants to touch it. Nobody wants to share it because it gets difficult because of the things that you say kind of does go to the contrary. And if you kind of post it up on Facebook, you end up getting canceled, you know, or people attack you or, or, or if anything, you're scared because of what your friends or people might think. But you'd be surprised. A lot of people actually agree with some of the things that you, me, or even if you don't believe in this, you're listening to it because in some ways, in the back of your mind, you are questioning the way that society has told you to think and to act. But uh, don't forget to share the podcast. It helps many people. I've had so many people come in here, come to me and tell me, beautiful stories and it's touching to hear it um also uh, subscribe to the podcast that's a big thing subscribe 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 because you'll be able to get notifications i don't always put these podcasts out weekly i try my hardest i try to do the best that i can but um it does get hard now in good news so all of you know that i have seven children but God is also blessing me with the eighth child on the way. So for that, I am so grateful uh, to God that he can give me an eighth child. With every child, I learn something new. And with this on the eighth child, I decided to dedicate this one to Christmas. Because Christmas is such an important time for all of you. All of you who listen to the podcast, when Christmas comes around, the first thing that everybody thinks about is always presence. How do I get presence? Um, how do I look for the presence for my children so that they don't get stuck, especially with, with nothing? So they don't end up with nothing during Christmas, especially in this time where the distri- distribution of you know toys, foods, who knows what? It's terrible. Manufacturing companies can't keep up with the demands. Um, we're ordering more online than we ever have. So more people are sitting at home ordering online. So there's more delivery trucks. There's more delivery drivers because we're ordering more at home. And because we're ordering more at home and COVID caused this for us to be able to kind of, you know, uh, in some ways force us to learn how to use the online systems to order to get things delivered to our houses. Um, In some ways, I think if, I don't know, I wonder if that was done on purpose, but anyways, That's for a whole nother day. But because of this, when Christmas comes around, the first thing that we think about is presents, 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 presents. And it's interesting because sometimes we want to give our children these presents because in some ways we lack, as parents, what we couldn't do the whole year, we try to make it up in some sense during Christmas because we feel like we've been such failures and now the moment comes around and... You know, you're you're trying to make up with your kids through Christmas. Kids even at like seven years old. I mean, they start to understand that Santa doesn't exist. There's always some bratty little kid in school 
that comes around and because he's angry at life because his parents give him some difficulty and he just wants to mess up somebody else's life. He goes and tells all the kids, Santa doesn't exist. Santa is blah, 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 blah. And then your kid comes home and he questions and then you have to try to lie to him. And then you both are sitting there playing, you know, believing or, or, or playing out this drama of this lie that you both, you believe that he believes that Santa still exists, but he doesn't believe it. But he knows that if you stop, if he stops believing it, then you will stop providing the presents. And uh, this is actually a common case. It was an article that I was reading about, and it says that most parents actually, when when this happens, will actually uh, try to believe that their child still believes in it, because in some ways, subconsciously, they want their child to remain this innocence, which is an interesting thing about innocence but uh this is this is christmas is so much more the story of christmas is beautiful i don't know if many of you know this but christmas the story of christmas uh it was originally put on the day of this sun god okay now in different parts of the world christmas is celebrated at different times it's very interesting now christmas Christmas, Christmas, that day of the birth of Jesus Christ was not actually on the 25th. There's multiple speculations as to where exactly Christ, when exactly Christ was born and what time of the year. But this was more or less put on behalf of the church on the 25th on that day. Because this is not something uncommon. The Catholic Church, Christianity, has done this forever where there was many pagan gods. There was many, many gods back in the day and they would take days that were dedicated to certain gods. And since people were already celebrating on those days and they already had it marked as a festive day and they already had some meaning on that day, since they were turning people that were pagans, right? Pagans, meaning people who believed in multiple gods back in, you know, before the time of Christ, they saw that, well, if they believe in these gods and they already have these marked days to these specific gods, that are very festive, huge days, let us take these days and put important days, right? So they decided to take the birth of Christ and to put it on the 25th. So on Christmas, the 24th is Christmas Eve. And the 24th was meant to uh, have a vigil night, to take this moment and to be praying all night long, because the birth of Christ was going to happen on the 25th. And you're waiting in some sense. You're waiting for the birth of Christ. Now I'm going to get to this in a little bit. But this is a very important thing, especially in, in our society, because a lot of us give so much importance to Santa. And why Santa? Only because he's bringing presents. You don't uh, you know, we're putting so much emphasis on presents, presents, presents. The reason why we care about Santa is because Santa brings presents. Every movie that you see, every show that you watch, it, it, some some places now, they don't even have Santa's face. They just have some little ho, ho, ho in the background. And it's just a present that shows up. And then you hear or or, or there's this insinuation that Santa brought the present. Now, this is very important because... It's all about the presence. This is what everything's about. Every TV show, every movie, every ad, it's all about Santa and presence, Santa and presence. 
But Santa has so much of a bigger story. It was about St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas was um, inherited some money from his parents. And instead of taking that money, what he did was is he gave that money to the poor. He took a lot of his goods. He was always giving people the necessities that they that they had. It wasn't everything about uh, about presents, but that was that was where this kind of this this story of Santa kind of comes along. Uh, there's different varieties of this story that kind of split off, but this is one of them of Santa. And you have Saint Nicholas. That's why it is. It says Old Saint Nick. It comes from Saint Nicholas. And one of the stories goes like this: is that he he had overheard that a father Saint Nicholas had overheard that his father was going that was owed some money, and he was he was poor. And since he owed some money, he decided that he was going to take one of his daughters and prostitute them in order to be able to get that money. Now, St. Nicholas had overheard of this. And what he did was he decided to go and he took a coin, a gold coin, and he, he flicked it, right? He threw it inside of, of the, the window. And he began to do this, right? to this family because of what he had overheard from the father. Now, this was from the inheritance that was given to him. Now, the story goes that you know how you hang socks on the chimney and you take those socks and you put them on the chimney kind of nailed or you put them somewhere on the wall. The story goes is that the girls, the daughter, one of the daughters or or the daughters, it was a it was a something that kind of a tradition back in those days in order for you to dry your socks because they would get wet, <clears throat> you would take them and you would hang them near the chimney so that they could dry, so that the warmth and the heat of the chimney would dry or the fire would dry the, the socks. So the story goes is that they that he had thrown one of the coins and one of those coins landed inside of the socks. That's what they say. How much I know about that story, I don't know. But this is... Um, how the traditions of the socks kind of comes along. So St. Nicholas was a matter of not putting importance to the materialistic things. That what he cared about more was the souls of these innocent children that were going to be sold off to slavery, right? Or to prostitution, better said, forget slavery, prostitution. And this is what St. Nicholas cared about. But it kind of got turned into this whole present thing. We give, we give. The giving comes from us being able to put whatever the materialistic things are in our life aside and say, I'm going to give something to you. Not worry about receiving. This is what our society is turning into. This is what we teach our children nowadays is is to expect and receive versus to give. You know, there's... There's this uh, saying that you hear constantly during this time of Christmas is Christmas is all about giving, giving, giving. Yeah, it's about giving, giving, not getting yourselves into credit card debt where it's going to destroy you later on in the future and put you on back, you know, back you up on rent. No, but there's more that you can give in in, in your life to someone else, right? Love, uh, companionship, which means so much more. So 
this this of saint nicholas was of him saying money does not matter it's the souls it's the life of these innocent little girls now this is what we should be teaching our children because the story of christ is that an angel comes and the angel comes to give an announcement to the virgin mary now Put everything aside. If you're an atheist, forget everything. Forget the fact that, fine, you don't believe in the Virgin Mary. You don't believe. Listen to this story from a moralistic standpoint, okay? So try to see the moral in this story. So we're going to put the dogmatic teachings of the Catholic Church aside. The belief that the Virgin had a baby without, you know, uh, entering into that, into a sexual relations with Joseph. We're going to put aside, uh, whether you look at, at it from a religious or from whatever it may be. But the angel Gabriel comes to announce to the Virgin Mary that she has one favor with God, right? That God has looked upon her and seen the beauty of the Virgin Mary and her, her love to God. So the angel Gabriel comes and in some ways gives this baby to the virgin. Now, the virgin, therefore, goes on. And what does she do? She, in some ways, asks the angel Gabriel, like, how can this be? How can it be that I'm not with a man, and yet I'm going to have this baby? And the angel Gabriel says, but with God, anything is possible. Now, this is very, very key because Many of the times we're in suffering and this Christmas is about to go through and some of you are going through a massive suffering, a massive difficulty, wondering why things are so bad, why uh, life gets so difficult. And this was me one time in my life, wondering why, 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 why it's like this black cloud, this, this death is hanging upon me. And every time I try to do something better, it's like something worse ends up happening and then I try to do better and because you think that karma exists, right? Karma that if you put out good into the world, more good will happen. So you say, good, 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 so that good can happen to me. And you say, I do everything, or sometimes I haven't done anything, but I haven't done anything bad either. And still all these bad things happen to me. So you say, how can this be? Like, how can I stop? Or you have an addiction or you have a difficulty, a problem in your life. So you say, I want to stop this and I can't stop this. I want to get over this. I want to just forget about everything. And you've tried everything. You've tried psychology. You've tried taking, you know, seeing a psychiatrist, taking pills, drinking alcohol. Uh, you've tried uh, going out, uh, watching movies, uh, being around companions, and nothing has taken away this suffering, this difficulty in your life that you feel that you've tried to escape. And you see yourself kind of like the virgin in, in, in many times. You know, in Catholicism and Christianity, they say that the, that the virgin is the image of the Christian, right? So you see yourself like the virgin, you say, how can this be? Like, how will I ever get over these problems? How will I ever accept the death of my son, the death of my wife, the death of my husband, the death of my mother, my father? And you say, how can this be? I've tried everything and nothing works. How is this going to be possible? And the angel Gabriel announces and says to the virgin, with God, anything is possible. And you think to yourself, 
like, what does this mean? God, with God, anything is possible. Like, I don't believe in a God. I don't believe in any of this. And this is where, you know, this is where the belief in God kind of happens a little bit. That you sit here and you say to yourself, I don't believe. And sometimes this moment where the act of God, this miracle of God, where he comes along and helps you heal or helps you out of this moment of crisis where you saw it was impossible, that's when you realize that with God, everything is possible. But anyways, continuing with the story. So the Virgin Mary ends up accepting this. Now, Joseph and Mary, obviously Joseph, the Virgin Mary uh, goes to tell Joseph and Joseph kind of gets a little bit depressed because he's like, oh my gosh, you know, what is everybody going to think of me? Because back in the day for, you know, they were only betrothed. They were, think about it like engaged. They were only engaged at that time. So now this woman ends up pregnant and everyone's going to know she's pregnant and we're only engaged. And back in the day, to have sex outside of marriage was wrong, especially in that time. It was terrible. I mean, in some places, right? I mean, they're, they're killing people at some points in time um, after the moment you know, 1500s, 1300s, 1800s, right? In these times, it was terrible. It was like, you know, you committed sin, you do certain things, you get stoned to death, all kinds of things. So she's scared of the persecution. Well, he's scared of the persecution that might happen upon both of them. So he's just worried. Now the angel Gabriel kind of goes and announces and says, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Like, take this woman. He accepts it. Now this moment comes along and... They're off, right? Because they hear about a census that's happening and everybody needs to go off to their, their places uh, to get account of everything. Now, as Joseph and Mary are off or, you know, going back uh, on behalf of these census that's happening, the Virgin Mary begins to have uh, birth pangs. Now, as she begins to feel all these pains that is happening... She's like, we need, we're, I'm going to have this baby soon. And Joseph, you know, starts to look for a house. And, you know, the story goes that he goes around knocking at all the inns and nobody's able to give him any place to stay. Nobody wants to help him. And one person opens up and they say, listen, the only place we have is this stable. And it's interesting because Joseph and Mary go and they say that they put the baby on a manger. And when they put the baby there, if, I don't know if you know what a manger is, but a manger is, is where they put the food, where all the cows, where all the horses, where the pigs, wherever they go to eat from. So it's where the animals go to eat their food. So you can kind of think about it. It looks, you know, the image is a little cradle when you see it in nativity sets. Now, a nativity set is, is, in case if you don't know what a nativity set is, but a nativity set is the image of the birth of Jesus. And it's like uh, this built in these little porcelain uh, statues. So when you see the baby Jesus on this little piece of wood, that's a manger. It's where they would feed all the animals. And all they did was put hay and then laid the baby on top of the manger. Now, they get there and... 
you know, they always portray this image of the nativity with the birth of Jesus, with Mary and Joseph. They always portray this nativity in such a beautiful way. Oh my God, it was so beautiful where it was at and everything. But the truth is, it was terrible. It was garbage. You know, to put it bluntly, if you have kids in the car, like you might want to silence this, but there was shit everywhere. That's the truth. It was terrible. And in the middle of all this garbage, this poop that existed there, there Jesus was born. In the middle of all these difficulties. And what do you think Mary and Joseph were thinking? Oh my God, this garbage, this terrible moment, this horrible place. The God, you know, the son of God was born here. No, they were just excited. They were just so happy to have their baby in their arms that he was safe. Sometimes when you're in such terrible darknesses and such difficult moments in your life, the most simplest things seem the most beautiful. And this is my point to this story that in the middle of the garbage of your life, there's so much more beautiful things that exist. You know, we're so caught up in the past and the back, you know, of, of what's happening, behind, what happened behind us. You know, the, the sin that you committed, the difficulty that you're going through, the difficulty that you feel that you're going to go through in the future. Because this is what we do as human beings. We project whatever was done in the past, we project it into the future. And we think it's going to happen again, or, or, or I'm going to fall again, or, I'm, or something else will happen and it doesn't allow you to truly enter with a clean slate into the future. You know, we, we, we don't like to confront the sufferings of our life. We were always running, running away from them. As I had said, you know, uh, drugs, gambling, drinking, uh, you know, whatever it may be. But there's in this, this Christmas time, there's something, something much more important that exists. It is this image of the family, a mother, a father, and a child that we have in our future. In our future, there's this innocent child in front of us, and we have to take care of the innocence of that child. Don't teach him about presents. Don't teach him about the materialistic things in the world. Because... Later on, when he's asking you for all these PlayStations, maybe today you can give it to him, but maybe tomorrow you won't be able to. Teach him that there's something greater that exists, that is the image of this family. Because Christmas is not all about presents. Christmas is not all about materialistic things or going out and partying and have this crazy moment. What does that do for any of us? It doesn't do absolutely anything. Christmas is about this birth of Christ, that, that, that there's hope, that things will always get better, that, that the Savior, right, the Savior, the image of peace is coming to this world. You know, it's interesting because in Christianity, you don't believe, you know, nowhere does it say that Christ is going to give you happiness. Christ doesn't come to give happiness. 
No, it says that Christ comes to give us peace. This is why it says he is the prince of peace. Because he is the one to lead us into this moment to have peace. Because if you teach your kids to have the pursuit of happiness, to look for everything that will make them happy, the new Xbox, the new PlayStation, the new uh, phone that's coming out, if you teach him to wait for the happiness, to wait for that present so that he can be happy, forget about it. Your son is going to always seek happiness and he will never, ever be happy because nothing in this world will ever make us happy. No materialistic things. But if you have, if you teach them to have peace in their heart, that everything happens for a reason, that suffering only makes us stronger, that no matter how difficult our life is, that life itself is beautiful. And I tell you because I myself have gone through moments like this where poverty, you know, um, you know, me and my wife, when we first opened up our business, we had nothing during the first Christmas. We had absolutely nothing. And I remember that my wife was pregnant. We barely had enough to pay the rent, barely had enough to pay the rent of the business. And in that moment, my, me and my wife, we opened up the fridge and we had nothing. We had just like a bottle of water in there. There was no food in the shelves. We were just starting off the business and she was starving. And there was this guy who would go around and he would deliver chips and some and he worked for Frito-Lay and he would take the chips that were expired and he would come and give them to me because he knew my scenario. So he gave me those chips. Now those chips that I was getting from him, we would take those and we would eat those chips sometimes for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And I was so poor. And one would tell you something in that poverty it allowed me to appreciate from the poor moments to the rich moments, from the moments when we had money to the moments that we didn't have money. You know, to experience darkness allows you to appreciate the light. But if you've been in light all your life, forget about it. You don't appreciate it. To be alone allows you to appreciate communion. Christmas is so much more than just presence. It's about being, you know, yes, in some sense with loved ones, but even if you have nobody to see that there is hope, that it doesn't just end right here, that life is done. This is what the birth of Christ kind of, in some sense brings is hope to this destructive, destroyed world. There is hope to give, to give to someone else, even if you have nothing, you think that the nothing you have, you can't give, you can give love, you can give uh, friendship, you can give so much more to someone else. To give, to lose yourself so that someone else may find life. And in them finding life, you find life because you see that it's, there's so much more happiness in giving than in receiving. You know, parents, I think everyone can understand this, that when you give to your child and you see that smile on his face, it brings you more joy than whatever gift you got. It doesn't even matter what you get. Giving your child something makes you happy. Teaching your child to give versus receiving is you're teaching him to experience that happiness that you yourself are experiencing it when you give it to him. 
But when you teach him just to learn to wait for the presence or to make this this uh, list for the presence that he's going to get from the three kings or from Santa Claus or from who knows whatever it is that you believe, this this will teach him to learn to receive then to give. But it you know it I'll teach to teach our kids to learn to be peaceful, to accept whatever it is that comes your way, whatever it is that comes in life, it comes with a rhyme, a reason, and a purpose. As difficult as the suffering is, trust me, I tell you, I went through abuses from babysitters, and this killed me when I was a little kid. You know, this is why I love Christmas, because, you know, when my parents would fight, and I thought that the divorce was about to happen in my in my childhood, you know, the only time that my parents would kind of fake it was during Christmas. You know, the party would happen and family members would come over and they'd be dancing and drinks and and food and all this stuff. And I remember that the only time that I remember it kind of felt happy in the household was when Christmas would come along. So I fell in love with Christmas. I mean, Christmas for me is one of the greatest holidays ever. But now after I've understood in my faith about what Christmas brings for the Christian, those of you who believe in Christianity, right? In the image of Christ or in Catholicism or whatever it is. But if you're a Christian, what you're waiting for is that the birth of Jesus may be born in you. Because in our nature only exists anger, right? Somebody spits at you, you want to punch them back. That is the first thing that you want to do all the time. It's, it's natural to punch somebody. If you tell a horse to fly, no matter how many times you beat that horse, it'll never fly because it's not within its nature to fly. But if you tell an eagle, you don't even have to tell an eagle to fly. You just slightly tap it or just give it a gentle lift and the eagle flies and it doesn't even think twice about it. Within our hearts, to give is not instinctive nature. Always to suck life out of the other one is our instinctive nature. So for the Christian who's listening to this podcast, and even though you are not a Christian, I invite you to try to give this a shot. In, our, in, in us, our nature is always to suck life out of the other one. We never think that in giving life, you can find life. In learning to be humble, just like Jesus was born in this humble abode, right? It, in this, this massive God that exists comes down to be born in this garbage little you know, farm, this, this, this terrible little place in a little manger. You see, there's something so much more that exists. And for us as a Christian... The hope is, is that Jesus can come and be born in our hearts so that a new nature may arise, so that to give may be natural. It may be instinctively that we may be able to give and find happiness in giving our life. The coming of Christ, this is what we wait for. In Catholicism, it's the time of Advent. From, you know, there's, there's four weeks. So there's four Sundays that you wait for. So I invite you all during this time of Christmas 
put everything aside. Don't teach your kids about Elf on the Shelf. Don't teach your kids that, you know, oh, you know, uh, the little elf on the shelf is watching you or Santa. You know, many of the times we do this because we can't in some ways control our kids. So because you're worried about work, you're worried about TV, you're worried about being on your cell phone. Put these things aside. Dedicate time to your children. Listen to them. Talk to them. You know, do you, have you ever wondered why the child in many times when it comes to making these wish lists, they're so attentive and they're so quiet and they're behaving a lot better because they're, they're grabbing your attention for the first time because you're always caught up in something else and not listening to them. Sitting down, turn off the TV and just talk with them, joke around, laugh with them, play games, find their interest and enjoy that moment with them. You know, there's so much more in this time so i invite you all to take this moment and pray genuinely i mean it. even if you're an atheist just pray that jesus christ may be born in your hearts or that you can in some ways receive this new hope this is what christmas is about if we all get caught up in christmas Forget, you know, there's everybody says Xmas or happy holidays. No, say Merry Christmas, because that's what this holiday was originally intended for. Putting up a Christmas tree is nice because it also has its own uh, its own sig- significance in Christianity. It comes from the Eastern Orthodox Church to take an evergreen tree and to put it into your house. What it means is everlasting life. Because an evergreen, it never dies. All four seasons, no matter how cold it gets, an evergreen will always survive. It'll always be nice and green. That's why they're called evergreens. So to put a tree in the middle of your house is to say that God is everlasting. That's what a Christmas tree signifies. The star at the top, the angel, is the announcement of the angel Gabriel. So when you put a star at the top of your tree, that star signifies that the angel Gabriel is coming to the house. Or you put the angel at the top, whatever it is that you may have. So take this moment and teach, let's teach our children about giving, giving your life in hopes that you will receive it. So hopefully you guys have a beautiful Christmas. Don't get caught up into the presents, into any of this. If if we make this all about presents, about decorations, about all this stuff, I'm not saying that decorating is bad. Decorating is beautiful. My wife does it. I love to do it with the children all the time, every year. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm not being a moralist or a legalist and saying, no, don't do this. Don't do that. Enjoy the festivities. Enjoy all this. But make it a priority in giving in hopes that you can receive, okay? Because if we get rid of this whole thought, eventually, this holiday, forget about it. In 15 years, it's just going to be a time of truly, like some people say, it's, it's a propaganda just to get more money out of you. That's all it's going to become. And eventually, everybody will wake up to the idea that big businesses are just using the holidays as propaganda to suck money out of you. And eventually, it's going to get boring. Give it 50 years, 60 years of just 
a moment to decorate and a moment to receive presents. Eventually, people are going to go, I'm tired of giving presents. Like, this is dumb. This is horrible, right? Like, spending money, like, for what? On receiving, and I don't get nothing. And, and if they make it all about receiving, and I buy, and nobody gives me nothing, forget about it. This holiday will get destroyed. Don't worry about Elf on the Shelf, about teaching. Give your kid some time and attention during this time of year. My parents used to do that during Christmas. They kind of made it a little bit more of an emphasis, maybe in some naturally religious way, because they were like, oh, it's the time to love. But even in their ignorance, they gave me that love. And that love became so impactful to me, even to this day. Imagine that it still impacted me. I knew that Christmas time would come and all the chaos would just subside. Whether it was the fighting with my parents, whether it was the abuses of babysitters, whether it was the difficulties, the poverties that we were going through as a little kid. You know, there's that ignorance that they had of the faith or in Christianity and they just, because society had told them that it's about loving and caring and family because they took a little bit of extra time to give that to me it impacted me in such a big way so even if you see as time of loving caring yes in some ways it's true but understand the deeper meaning behind it so merry christmas you guys i really hope you guys have a beautiful christmas this year if you can't give your kids the presents that that they desire, then teach them about the true meaning of Christmas so that they can truly enjoy Christmas. If, you, if, you're, if you're a Christian, try to find the mass, go to the mass and ask God truly for this new, this new nature that may exist so that you can love your wife and your husband the way that you guys had originally intended, the day that you both made your vows and promised to love each other for the good times and the bad, through sickness and, and through health, for richer, for poor, that you too may fall back in love again so that your children can receive this love. If the parents have the love, the children receive the love. But if the parents hate each other, who do you think they let it out on? They let it out on the poor children. Forget about everything about the materialistic things of the world i know i emphasize that a lot so i'll stop until then merry christmas